A boss babe is unapologetically ambitious and paves the way for herself and other women to rise, keep going, and fighting on. She is on a mission to be her best self in all areas. It's just believing in yourself. Confidently stepping outside her comfort zone to create her own vision of success. Welcome to the Boss Babe Podcast, a place where we share the real behind the scenes of building successful businesses, achieving peak performance, and learning how to balance it all. I'm Natalie Ellis, co-founder of Boss Babe and your host for this episode. Oh, you guys, I'm finally back home in my house. For those of you who didn't see on social, I was sharing, I literally built my house a year ago. It was completed last March. And a few weeks ago, we started finding some discoloration in the floor in the kitchen. We brought the builder in, they ripped it up and realized that there'd been some kind of leak um, when they were installing something, when they were building, they did it wrong. And so there's been some kind of leak and we have mold in the house or had mold in the house. So they started trying to remediate and the mold basically spread from the kitchen into our living room. And we just didn't feel safe staying, especially having Noemi in the house And so we were like, okay, we can just move to an Airbnb in Austin and feel really sad that we're not at home or we can make this a vacation. And so we did. We just packed our bags and we literally only had a few hours to leave because the builder had said, listen, this just doesn't feel like a safe place for you to be. So we need you out. We're going to start ripping up all the floors and that's when things can get a lot worse. So we need you out tomorrow. And so we literally just packed our bags, booked a flight and we went to Scottsdale which was just incredible. I feel like the universe always gives you what you need when you need it. We just had the best time. It was such a last minute but fun vacation and just give both of us so much gratitude for the way that we've designed our lives. And I love sharing this, especially having a baby too, because I feel like, you know, as entrepreneurs, we can sometimes think that there isn't a lot of freedom that comes with business because so many people are depending on us or having a baby kind of limits you. And while that's true in some cases, I really believe that we get to design our businesses to support our lives versus have our businesses dictate how our lives look and run, which if you've heard previous episode, I was talking about, I did get into that place and I felt like I actually didn't have so much freedom, as much freedom as I wanted. And so I've been making such huge shifts in what my role looks like and what my day-to-day looks like. And it's so different compared to what it looked like a year ago. In fact, it's night and day and I feel so much happier, so much lighter, so much more creative. And it means that I can just take a last minute vacation and use that time to just be with my family, but also get a chance to think and have space and create. And the ideas that come out of that are just so incredible. And I realize this is not going to happen if I'm stuck behind my desk seven days a week. Like that's just not going to be where my creativity and where my ideas come from. And I really love to be in that visionary seat as an entrepreneur. And um, if any of you read Traction, you'll know a visionary and integrator and then having your team. And I really feel like that's the kind of setup that I do have at Boss Babe. And it's, you know, been a long time in the making. This wasn't just kind of an overnight decision, but it, it feels really good. So anyway, The work got done, we got back in our house and it was amazing. But yeah, definitely a lot of happiness about how my role looks and how my business looks. And, you know, we are just growing so much as a company and it feels really good to be able to grow but not have to sacrifice life like I did in the past. So I love sharing that. And if any of you want me to go deeper on that stuff, definitely let me know because I can share all, like I can get as specific as you want. I can literally pull my calendar up and walk you through it or morning routines, even whatever it is, how I, you know, get certain reports from my team, how I check in on how everyone's doing. Like I can get as granular as you want. But anyway, speaking of visionary entrepreneurs, our guest is in a whole league of her own. She is absolutely incredible. She was named as 2018 Fast Company's most creative people among so many other accolades. Our guest is Mickey Agrawal. She co-founded Thinks, a high-tech period-proof underwear brand, and she led the company to a valuation of over $100 million. It was Fast Company's most innovative company of 2017. And she also founded a company called Tushy that is revolutionizing the American toilet category with a designer bidet. She is absolutely incredible. She's written two books, 
both of which made her a number one bestseller. And she sold 10,000 copies in her opening week. To say she is an incredible entrepreneur is an understatement. And she loves to bring fresh perspectives to what's generally considered taboo industries. So she calls it poops and periods. Like she's really disrupting in such an amazing way. She's also an incredible mom. And I get the chance to dive into how is she doing so many things at once? How is she balancing being an entrepreneur with being so creative? How is she managing teams, but at the same time managing to actually innovate and create products? We really get into the details because I love to know, okay, you're really successful. Give me the specifics. I love to know the specifics of how you are doing this, even to the point of how are you managing business relationships? How are you managing employees? Like we go into the details. So without further ado, let's dive straight in. I think you're going to absolutely love it. Oh my goodness, I feel like we've already had a full-on conversation know, yeah, before yeah. we kick this off. But what I was just um, saying to you was, I feel like I want to dive into the personal stuff because Mickey, the incredible innovator, entrepreneur, CEO, you've done so many of those interviews. But I'm in the phase where I'm six months postpartum now and I'm in it. Yes. And I'm like, I've been to the depths of my soul this year and I'm in that place of full rebirth of myself and figuring out what my life's going to look like in business. And some of the things I've been reading about your journey, I love how open and honest you are. And so I want to know what changed for you when you became a mama, you were already an incredibly successful entrepreneur and you Mm -hmm. still continue to innovate and build Mm -hmm. whilst doing the mama life. What changed for you? Oh my gosh. Priorities. I mean, the priorities shifted so much around just wanting to tend. I mean, first of all, our hormones just kind of guide us towards the baby. And so I think, I do think it's really important to take that important time. I love that you took six months to really, really cocoon with your baby. It's so important and beautiful. And that time is so precious. And so for me, like I really wanted to be there for my baby when he turned over the first time and Mm. when he grabbed something for the first time and when he laughed for the first time and I was there for every one of those moments. Um, I, I knew before I gave birth that I didn't want to miss those mm-hmm. moments. And so yeah, I think what changed is, you know, I want to build my businesses and in some ways they are babies for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but when it comes to this, you know, like little, you know, innocent creature, you want to, you know, give it your energy just like you would in a, in a, in a brand new startup. But yeah. it's, it's a very different type of startup. Did you notice that you, your energy shifted? Did you ever go through a phase of, I don't know that I want to work? Or did you always know that? Did you slow down? Did you speed up? Like, how did you notice your energy shift while you were in your cocoon? Because I feel like the cocoon lasts quite a long yeah. time. Probably to some extent you're still yeah. in it. I think, I think my the way I ran my companies completely changed. Okay. Tell me about that. In that I put, you know, for my next company after thinks I put, I brought a CEO in early, 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 Mm. early days when we were just still a very small business, you know, really gave a lot of responsibility to my co-founder for Tushy. I just gave away the responsibility of like the CEO revenue driving, which, you know, it's always in the back of my mind as, you know, the key shareholder of the business, but at the same time, like being just great, glad to just give the rope to somebody else, Mm -hmm. you know? And so I think oftentimes in our own businesses, like we are the business, you know, you are the business for your company. I mean, it's a big, beautiful company and you have a lot of people who look to you as their, you know, and from a lens of leadership, and so sometimes we feel a deep sense of responsibility mm-hmm. and, um, and I think it's totally okay to give some of the responsibility away and then you just do what you do best yeah. and just focus on that. You know, I call the zone of genius model and just focus on your zone of genius and allow everyone to focus on theirs and bring in people to support you in, in, in their zones of genius. I love that. Cause you hear a lot. Women can do it all. But do we have to? No, that's exactly, you don't. And and I kind of had that before becoming a mom. I kind of had that mindset of like, I'm going to do it all. And then I have really been questioning, but I don't want to do it all. Because then how am I filling my tank? How am I pouring from a really full place? And I feel like if we put that pressure on ourselves to do it all, that becomes really difficult to do. I mean, you also think about like the lens of like, one in, I mean, what is it? Six or seven women have thyroid issues because they're just like pushing their bodies mm-hmm. past their limits. Like, you know, women have a lot of GI issues and shot adrenals and leaky guts and all kinds of issues, mostly stress related. Yeah. When we're putting our bodies through, you know, 
pushing past our cyclical system. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we are, we are really cyclical. We have four phases of our menstrual cycle and um, each one of those phases, our hormones dictate a lot of how we show up in the world. Yeah. And so for me, like I've like shifted to the zone of genius model where I feel filled up by what I love doing, which is mm-hmm. the creative and like that part product development and design and, and that kind of stuff. And then, you know, really delegated the rest of it because I could, yeah, like you said, we could do it all, yeah, but don't want to. Yeah. Yeah. Do you ever find yourself, because I know this is me, if anything, maybe someone else is doing is not quite going to plan the way you want it to. Harvey's like, oh, I think I know what I could do here. Stopping yourself jumping in. And, and tr- was that something I had to do where you almost had to train the muscles of not jumping in? I think like what, what, how I've created the system is that I have the final like checkoff, like right. a sign off. And so, you know, I brought in a design director, for example, in the creative realm, right? I've design director, an art director, a bunch of designers, you know, and the creative team, for example. Right. And so before it gets to me, it goes through several people of che- checking off. And once, once those requirements are met, then it gets to me. So hopefully I'm at a final, like, yes, 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 done. Mm-hmm. If I have to come back a lot of feedback, usually that happens earlier on in the first or second sort of rounds of, of, um, of the initial kind of, you know, idea creation. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I think it's, I have no problems giving away responsibility. Mm. I do have a standard. Right. And I think the way you just, just like anything else, you create systems to maintain those standards. And I think it actually creates more efficiency. Yeah. You know, versus being like, oh no, 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 you know everything. And therefore let's just get it to her and she'll figure it all out. Yeah. Versus like, did it meet these checklists? Did all these things get met and actually get more organized and more so that in case, God forbid, like we get something happens to us totally, and you know, there's systems that are set in place that someone else can basically jump in and operate. I love that so much. And what about the concept of focusing your energy in one direction versus multiple? Because one thing I really admire about you is how much of an innovator and a starter you are. I mean, you've completely transformed a number of different industries and you have more ideas. You have another business that's brewing. How do you still manage to grow things while having energy in different places? So great question. So I started taking Fridays as I call my, what I call my thinking days. Oh, I want to hear all the scheduling. And so, and so, you know, I watched Bill Gates's documentary like a few years ago and he would just take a bag of books into nature and go away for like a week or two. And every quarter he would do that. And then he would get a lot of ideas and just go into deep inquiry and self-reflection and reflection of his businesses and come out with tons and tons of notes and ideas and things like that. And I think what I learned and I, it's true for me too, is if, and for any creative is that if you're not given a lot of space, mm-hmm. there's not a lot of downloads of ideas that come through. And so what I said to myself was like, wow, like he's doing that once a quarter. Like what if I did that every Friday mm-hmm. where every Friday I get to just be still and just allow for ideas to come through. It's like, okay, we have a campaign that's coming up. What, you know, maybe I can go to like a museum or some place, go in nature and just gain inspiration from around mm-hmm. me and have the space to have ideas download. Yeah. You know, my idea for my new company, Hero, came from one of these thinking days. Yeah. Tell us about this because this idea is freaking Yeah. Amazing. So it's actually the craziest story of just cosmic alignment, you know? Um, so I was, thinking a lot about just the plastic crisis and how like we're such as new moms, you know, we, we want to protect our kids and the next, the planet for the next generation. And isn't it crazy? The, the, the feeling you get around protecting the world when you bring a baby yes. in. I mean, I, beforehand I cared, but I cared. Right. Yeah. And it's like the, 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 the new mom conviction of like, Oh my God, like I'm part of the problem. Mm-hmm. I mean, the number of diapers every week, you just have bags of piles and you know that each one of these diapers take 500 years to decompose in a landfill. There are billions that end up in a landfill every single year. It is a, an atrocious problem and a glycolic acid, all the stuff that's in, in the diapers are, are causing major toxic issues in the, in the soil and just in our plant, on our planet, in our planet. And so, I started thinking, I was like, wait a minute. And I was sharing a little bit earlier with you. I'm like, if breast milk is liquid gold, you know, like, you know, it's nutrient dense. Mm-hmm. It's like what the baby pretty much ingests for the first year of their life. If not in, in Europe, they take it for two, you know, they drink that for mostly two years of their life. Yeah. And, um, and sometimes longer, but that, if that's like the, the main food for the baby, I'm like, oh, if breast milk is liquid gold, then therefore baby poop must be fertilizer gold. 
And so we're now just taking this, this fertilizer gold made from mama's mana from heaven and wrapping in plastic and throwing the trash and not harnessing potentially billions of pounds of baby poop for good. And so I was like, oh my God, like what if something was in the diaper that can grow, trigger this dormant thing to grow and eat the diaper? What could it be? And I was asking myself this question, it's going to be called hero diapers. And then my after son, your son, after yeah. after my son, and the company is called Hero Technologies, but the first product is Hero Diapers. And I was like, ah, like, and I was like, Hero Diapers, like what, if the baby poops, what could it be? Hero, who's two at the time, comes running into my room at two years old, as on my thinking day, as I'm like thinking, like what could eat plastics? Literally asking myself this question. He comes into my room, two years old, Hero, and he points to book in my nightstand. And I look in my nightstand and there's a book there called Pacha's Pajamas. And this book had no business being there. It was there. I, I got this book by this beautiful woman who I was speaking at a conference like a year and a half prior. And she was, you know, with people want to talk to you after and give you their books. And, yeah. and oftentimes those books end up in your, in your bookshelves and yeah, yeah. you'll get to it at some point. But somehow this book ended up from my bookshelf into my nightstand in my bedroom where you only, you know, in your nightstand, you have like five yep. books. You yep. don't have that many books. Yep. And the fact that my son, who doesn't read at this point, is two, he points the book and he says, Pacha, Pacha, and Pacha Mama. So the nature of Mama. It's like, I, so then I point, he points this book and I'm like, what is this book? So I pull out this book and I start reading it to him. And then he, after page three, he like runs away because he's two. Yeah. But because it's my thinking day, I keep reading. And on page 29, it says, Mycelium eat plastics. So my son, Hero, Gave me the answer. I pointed to a Pachamama on nature, solving nature, and gave me the answer to this problem that I wanted to solve. And so then I was like, oh my God, my, my silly fungi eat plastics? This yeah. is crazy. And of course, I looked into it and there was like so much t- decade of studies around plastic eating mushrooms and things like that. So then, you know, I just went deep into the mycelium fungi world you know, Taro, the founder of Four Sigmatic, who's like a 14th generation mushroom farmer, who's now my co-founder and CEO of his he's company. He's been on the podcast as well. We freaking love him. He's the best. And he's my co-founder and CEO of his oh company Oh my now. goodness. This but, is, oh, this could be huge. Yeah. He's huge. incredible. Yeah. And, you know, we, it's just, it's been the universe just attracting mm. the most incredibly beautiful aligned people for this, for the sake of Pachamama. But it was such a perfect example for me of like, wow, when given space right. and time to reflect, to think, like these deep downloads happen that can potentially shift a lot of things in the world. Oh, I mean, this is going to be huge. I'm so excited by it. And one thing that I love as you're telling the story and you now have a co-founder and you're building this thing is a lot of people have ideas that come to them and they'll be like, and I can speak myself to, oh, but I'm already so busy. I'm already doing this thing. Like, I wish someone else would go do it. You are the person that's like, well, if not me, then what, like mm-hmm. you go do it. Mm-hmm. How are you able to, to do that? How are you able to like do multiple things and you do them very, very, very well and continue listening to ideas and actually executing on multiple things? You're not defined by one business, mm-hmm. one thing. You are building such an incredible empire of businesses that make the world better. Well, first of all, I only do one business at a time. Got it. Okay. Yeah, I don't, I don't really focus on, there's always an overlap. Okay. So like right now there's an overlap between Tushy and Hero. There okay. was a little overlap between Things and Tushy, but like there was, it was always like the second business doesn't, is, is secondary to my, what I'm focusing on right now in building. So is it like your baby gets to a certain age and you're like, okay, they can walk on their own. Yes. Now it's time. Yes. And Got so it. For me, like I always, I like to think of myself as zero to 100. Yes. You know, and then, and then. And then hand it off to someone who's like, you know, he's the baby's off to college mm-hmm. and like, you know, they're going to go and, and then build and get a job and do their thing. And like, that's, yeah. what, that's what this little business is. It's strong. Mm. It's got all this resources it needs. And now it's like off it goes. Mm. And I'm not that person to go from like a hundred to like a thousand. It's Same. just never been my interest. I've always been interested in changing culture. Right. And, you know, and I think with that comes a lot of scrutiny and a lot of challenges, but I've always cared about how do 
we get people to try something different that's better for themselves and better for the planet. Yeah. And whether it's like bleeding in your underwear or whether my first business where I still have, which is gluten-free farm to table pizza. You right. know, I have, you know, a couple of restaurants in New York still. I've been around for 18 years. It was crazy, you know, to, you know, washing your butt with water, which feels like, duh, globally. Yeah. But in this country, it's still a very bizarre, like, is poopy water spreading everywhere? No, it's precise shower for your butt, you know? And there's still a lot of interesting and exciting creative challenge challenges to overcome a lot of these perceptions that people have around just pooping in general or, or bleeding and all these kind of like unmentionable things that every human does, yeah. you know, and every woman has, and that creates human life. Every human is here because of that very important time of the month. And so to destigmatize that has really, really been um, something that I, that I care about a lot as well. And so do you take playbooks from like every business and uh, does it, Does it almost get faster and easier each time because you have like a playbook of how you've done it before? Oh, if we do this kind of PR thing or we do this, it's going to work. If we do this kind of storytelling or do, are you kind of starting from scratch every time? Well, yeah. I mean, so, so just to rewind, because I kind of lost my train of thought a little bit, but you know, you're like, okay, how do you do a lot of things at once? So first I do everything one at a time. Right. And then before I start any business, you know, I, I, I always ask myself three questions okay. and this is actually, these questions are actually in my book, do cool shit which is question number one is what sucks in my world. You know, oftentimes we try to start a business that we think would be good and opportunistic, but it's not really a personal challenge. Mm. So then you kind of get bored with it over time. So question number is what sucks in my world. Like I had stomach ache, which stuck in my world. Just started my gluten-free pizza restaurant. I had bleeding out all the time. Those challenges where I started things. And then with Tushy, you know, just kept having to jump in the shower or put water under toilet paper. It was such a messy experience because I'm trying to ski clean. Mm. And, um, and, and so a bidet day just made a lot of sense. And so what sucks in my world? Does it suck for a lot of people is a second question. Does it suck for a lot of people? So one in five Americans are gluten intolerant or have gluten, you know, don't eat gluten. So that's a huge opportunity. Every woman has had period accidents. Every person who's had like GI issues or, you know, all kinds of gut issues and chronic hemorrhoids, UTIs, yeast infections, you know, BV, like whatever, those are, you know, those could be solved with a bidet. Mm. And a lot of people just don't know that. And so just, and that's low hanging fruit, people which want to be clean. Yeah. And so it's like, does it suck for a lot of people? Yes, it sucks for a lot of people. And then the third question is, can I be passionate about this issue? Cause your community for a really long time. Because mm. oftentimes, you know, as you know, it takes 10 years to be an overnight success. Yep. We've heard that saying before over and over again. And oftentimes people are like, oh, well, look at Instagram. It took them three years and they like sold for a billion. Like, that's going to be me. It's like, well, that's like winning the lottery. Mm -hmm. And most companies fail after one year. You know, most companies fail after their second year. And unless you really care deeply and can sit in the discomfort of this ride for at least 10 years, then I wouldn't start the business. Mm, yeah. Let's take a minute to talk about one of my favorite educational platforms, Masterclass. I have been referring back to this platform for years and I love that you can simply log in and take inspirational classes from world-class coaches no matter where you are. If you haven't explored Masterclass yet, go to masterclass.com slash boss babe and scroll through some of the categories. I think you'll really love what you see. One of the latest classes I tuned into was Anna Winter's class on creativity and leadership. She takes you into her office as Vogue's editor-in-chief and it was so inspiring to learn about her leadership style, team culture, and how she encourages creativity in her team. Not only does Masterclass have tangible business development classes that you can watch at your desk or listen to on the go, but it also includes classes in 10 other categories ranging from food, home and lifestyle, music, wellness, design and so much more. There are over 200 classes to choose from with new classes added every month. This year, learn from the best to become your best with Masterclass. Plus, Every new membership comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, so there's no risk. And right now, our listeners will get an additional 15% off an annual membership at masterclass.com slash boss babe. Get 15% off right now at masterclass.com slash boss babe, masterclass.com slash boss babe. Let's take a quick pause to talk about my new favorite all-in-one platform, Kajabi. 
you know I've been singing their praises lately because they have helped our business run so much smoother and with way less complexity which I love not to mention our team couldn't be happier because now everything is in one place so it makes collecting data creating pages collecting payment all the things so much simpler one of our mottos at Boss Babe is simplify to amplify and Kajabi has really helped us do that this year so of course I needed to share it here with you it's the perfect time of year to do a bit of spring cleaning in your business, you know? Get rid of the complexity and instead really focus on getting organized and making things as smooth as possible. I definitely recommend Kajabi to all of my clients and students. So if you're listening and haven't checked out Kajabi yet, now is the perfect time to do so because they are offering Boss Babe listeners a 30-day free trial. Go to kajabi.com slash boss babe to claim your 30 day free trial. That's kajabi.com slash boss babe. Yeah, there's so much talk about the overnight success. But even even now, if your company was successful in a year, two years, it's because of the decades and decades, decades of mistakes you've made. Yes. And you're like, oh, I get to skip that part this time. There's going to be new mistakes, but I'm not starting from scratch. For sure. For sure. And I, I, I do think that there's... Yeah, you you you, you overstep the landlines, mm-hmm. the initial original landlines for sure. It's yeah. like, oh, I, I don't want to work with investors like that, or I want to make sure that I'm protecting myself on the shareholder cap table, where I give myself founder additional founder shares. I didn't protect myself before, right. you know, or things like that, where I was like, oh, I wish I had done that, and now the next go around will be much tighter, much cleaner. So for sure, all those lessons carry forward. Okay. okay so tell me about your schedule you said you had Fridays which are clear do you do do you have like a rhythm do you have blocked out days for certain things how does it work yeah so Mondays are sort of the big management team meeting calls um, where I have like a, a call with my executive team with my marketing team with my creative team and just all of the teams and so to get them kind of ready for the week and then Wednesday we kind of do a check-in and, you know, we do a check-in at the end of the week as well, if there are certain projects that are due. But I also will say that what's important to me for my own well-being, based on just like burning myself out so much, is that I do, I do do four hours of body work a week. I do two, two hour massages a week. And oftentimes that's like in the afternoons because I have a kid as well. And so, and while he's at school, I can take care of myself. And then I kind of, you know, finish up, you know, things I need to get finished up, you know, in the after dinner sometimes, but I really, really, really focus on hiring the very best people delegating and mm. really being kind of the big visionary on creative and, um, and new product development. But outside of that, like, I really want to give the responsibility to my amazing teams. And, and then, so then I get to really focus on my well being because I think yeah. like, my well-being just like your well-being is the most important thing for us to be able to continue to 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 build and create and continue to you know do all the things that we're doing and and I've pushed myself way too much Mm. for way too long to not really really listen to my body and give it a lot of self-care I love that you bring this up actually because what I noticed for myself before I had a baby I was very good at self-care things I had a lot more time evenings weekends and when once I went back to work after having Noemi, Noemi, yeah, I love it's such a she's so the sweet, best yeah. I noticed, you know, the times when I would be working, that's when I have support with Noemi, and so my evenings, my mornings, my weekends, I want to spend all that time yes, with her. Yeah. And I was noticing my self care slipping, and once that slips, everything exactly. else slips. Like I can't be the best CEO or leader or wife or friend or mum without it. hundred percent. And I have no guilt around that. Exactly. But finding the time or creating the time, that's something I'm definitely working on right now. I don't have it figured out, but I'm working on it. And that's the word that I, I would kind of bring, pull out from what okay. you said, the guilt, Yeah. right? Like we, because we're the leadership of our, of our companies and we have all these people working all the time that we, that, you know, or, or need us all the time. Mm-hmm that we feel like, oh, we have to just be martyrs and just not take care of ourselves. Just and I'm push like, through. And just push through. <laughs> and then what happens is I then get sick for a week and then I'm mm-hmm. out of commission for a whole week. And no one can talk to me because I'm just like dying in bed versus I take care of myself two hours twice a week where I'm like, you know, deep self-care, relaxed, so that the rest of the time I'm alert, aware, available, idea, like full of ideas and not muddled and just like groggy and slow. Yeah. You know, I think also in my, in my personal life with, with hero, like I, 
you know, I, I do have some support around, you know, just, just some of the hero's basic needs being taken care of. And at first I was like, Oh, like I should be the one bathing him. I should be the one feeding him. I should be the one doing all these things. And I'm like, no, no, no. I need to be the one playing with him, being present with him, reading to him, teaching him things. And those other ancillary things that are just like more, just like busy shit, like stuff. I don't need to be doing that anymore. And you can find, you know, a nanny for $20 an hour. And and like, I guess, you know, it depends. Even if it's a couple of hours, like whatever it is for self-care is worth it. But if you're a boss, babe, like we oftentimes like, self-sacrifice yeah. instead of self-honor and we self-abandon instead of self-honor and that self-abandonment and, 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 and just like foregoing our deepest, like just needs actually builds up over time. You know, my, yeah. my, my tarot, my, my co-founder for hero was like, you know, our, like one of the main things that we have to do is, is make sure you're happy. Right. You know, for me and he's, and our team and everyone, but just like, he's like, cause if, 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 if you're happy in leadership, it trickles down. Right. If you're stressed and like, you know, like it trickles down. And so like for us in, in our leadership positions, it is important to be relaxed, happy, like clear. And for me, thinking days, giving body work, like that kind of stuff is like mission critical for having longevity in building companies over, over time, which all have, I mean, hero is a complete frontier business. Complete, there's, yeah. there's no precedent for it. There's no manual for it. Everything is being learned as we go. We have incredible scientists on our team working full time on this business. We've hired the best business operations, you know, team from McKinsey, you know, who's working with us. We've got just epic people. We, we just brought in a product designer from, you know, Procter and Gamble, who's now our, our, our lead, lead of product, head of product. We're building the team and it's, it's, it's really exciting and they need me to be at my best, Yeah, you know, and I can't do that if I'm like just running on fumes. Yeah. This is definitely speaking to me because I, I've noticed that and it's so interesting because the, the, the guilt part never really creeped in for me and we hired an incredible nanny quite early on and she's become part of the family. And it's amazing because now when I take breaks throughout my day and I'm feeding my daughter, I'm playing with her, I'm present. I'm not worried about the next diaper change and getting her down for a nap and is she staying asleep and those things. And that's great for me. That's what works for me. I'm not saying that's the right thing for everybody, but that's what works for me. And I've noticed that time I've got, I've been throwing myself into work, I think from a guilt place. I think my guilt I instead be, of, I should be, I uh-huh. should be, yeah. I didn't have that with my daughter because I know what serves her and me in our relationship. So then I threw it into work. Oh, well, I should be present. I should be doing this. You know, not many people on my team do have children. Oh, so I want to show up. I want to show that I can. And just noticing it has changed everything for me. Totally. And also just calling it out and just mm-hmm. saying like, for example, with me, like, I'm like, I have to go pick up my son at 3.30. Mm-hmm. And so at the beginning of calls, I'm like, I know our call, you know, is an hour but I might have to cut it short 10 minutes because I have to go pick up my child. Yeah. You know, and everyone understands that. Yeah. And so it's just a matter of just setting expectations early on and right away mm. versus like being like, Oh God, you know, and feeling guilty and apologetic. Yeah. It's how we like powerfully share. This is what I'm doing. The job's going to get done. Most important thing that anyone cares about anyways, the job gets done and it gets yeah. done with excellence. Like for me, like so I don't true. care what your schedule is. If you get your job done and you do it with excellence, go as as you wish. You know, it shouldn't be about hours spent FaceTime. Like I did that when I was working investment banking, working a hundred hours a week and just sitting there doing FaceTime, which just was such bullshit mm-hmm. versus like, no, no, do precise, excellent work. Prove to me that you can do that and get your other shit done. I have no problems with you yeah. leaving a relationship. I love that. And that's also such a power, the power of remote work. Yeah. I've loved seeing that. And I love knowing my team can go to the doctor when they need to go to the doctor. They can yeah. go if they needed to pick kids up from school, if that's part, like, I love that we can do that and have that flexibility. As long as you get the job done. Exactly. You know, if yeah. that starts to fall, then it's like a conversation. And, and some of the challenges that we faced, you know, as leaders is like, well, I had to do this. Why do that? Well, great. Like you, you, I'm supportive of you doing all the things you need to do for your personal life. And it's important for you to take care of business too. Mm-hmm. Like you've been hired for a job. You're working full time. We're taking care of your insurance, taking care of your salary. We're taking care of of those things. And in exchange, you have to get your job done really well. Mm. And so, and sometimes I, I'm sure as, you know, a, a loving, fun, you know, female in the room, you know, it's probably, 
sometimes challenging to have to wear bo- both faces, right? To be the friend and yep. be the boss. Yeah. And then, you know, like it's, you know, they say it's a whiplash sometimes where you're like, okay, now it's time to get the job done. I've had to learn to like have arm's length because right. at my last company, it was like, we're all friends. We're all like, you know, like, you know, solving the, you know, the, like, the, the, the period problem together and, you know, like, let's like girl power, like, let's do mm-hmm. it. And then I got deeply burned from that experience. And, right. um, because a lot of it was the whiplash of like, we're friends. But then when I tell you that you have to do a great job, you're now defiant because I thought we're friends. And I was like, just because you think we're friends doesn't mean you can't do an excellent job. I still have mm-hmm. a very high standard. And if I have to fire you because you're not doing an excellent job and you're not great for the culture, mm-hmm. then I'm so sorry but then they feel like it's a betrayal from their friend. Yeah. Right. So I've had to learn that like, Ooh, like can't be, can't be close to my team Mm -hmm. unless there's deep, 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 deep trust. And oftentimes when you have to make tough calls, like fire people, even if they're your friend, that is tough to do. And so I've learned at my, you know, at Tushy and, you know, that to have a bit of an arm's length, you never fully blur the lines they're not the the lines are very clear Mm. yeah yeah i've definitely experienced that too and it's it's one of those things i think you have to have the experiences because sometimes to hear it you're like okay i get it but until you experience it like with a lot of things you learn what your boundaries are and how but i definitely have noticed myself in situations not saying what i want to say because of the friendship for sure. And, oh, if I say that, it's going to rock it. I don't want to make her feel bad. I know. Then you feel bad. That's the thing. Then you're walking eggshells and it's your company. And, and you're yet, not doing the relationship in any form of service. Right. That exactly. You're yeah. not doing the relationship. You're not doing the business. And mm-hmm. so you're not doing, you know, yeah. And so it's the whiplash of mm-hmm. trying to be friends with your, with everyone is, is really, is really hard. And for me being like someone who just wants to be friends with everyone, like yeah. it's bitten me really hard yeah. in the past. And so I'm like, I, it's like, you know, Fool me once, shame on you. Yeah. Fool me twice, shame on me. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so I've I've learned that. I've learned that the hard way. Yeah, that is a very good lesson to learn. I'm still learning it, but I've be, I've been through that and seen it. And speaking of the person on the business, one thing I really want to talk to you about is you have such a full life. I mean, especially from the outside, you have such a full life and and you are doing so many things. You still have fun while you're doing it. That's really what it looks like. How do you, I don't like the word balance because I feel like it's harmony I mean, always. Totally, yeah. It's, it's like, different seasons, different harmony, but and how? take advantage of that word. Yeah. You know, I know. I'm burnt out. It's mm-hmm. like, well, like, I don't know how you work remote. It's 10 to 6. You get all the holiday, like, you get all the yeah. time you want. You have to leave, you can leave whenever you want. Like, it's, it, it, there's some, there's sometimes it's, it's, um, self-inflicted. You know, yeah. so you have to also, anyways, but carry on. No, I completely agree with that. Yeah. Very self-inflicted. It's like the slack at midnight. Well, you didn't need to be doing that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but how how do you go between seasons and and have that harmony and be able to have a full life, a full life, not just a work life or not just a mum life, a full life. Mm. Something that I really index on for myself and I really want to prioritize is I want to have an amazing relationship. I want to be an amazing mum. I want to really love my work. I want to see my friends. I want to have the fullness of life and I want to embrace the seasons that mm-hmm. that comes in. How have you navigated that and how do you continue to navigate that? Yeah, I mean, I think it's prior- prioritizing. And I think a lot of times when people go into business or they start new jobs or they're, you know, they kind of just just go completely offline and then they, they start to lose friendships. They start to like mm-hmm. isolate themselves. They start to like, it does take a toll over time. And so one of the things I always share with new entrepreneurs or people going, you know, people are, who are starting new things is the first thing I would suggest you do is show up for your friends and still mm. show up to all the things and still, because that'll not only serve your spirit, but then when things do get challenged in your life and then you just keep saying, sorry, I can't make it because I'm busy. I'm building my company. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Over time, they'll stop calling you. They'll stop inviting you. Then you'll just stop and more isolation, more isolation, more depression, mm-hmm. more stress, more burnout. more burnout. And so for me, it's like, it's the actual opposite the more I spend time with my friends, the more I self care, the more I can give my business. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, it feels counterproductive because there's this guilty feeling like work, 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 work. But it's not saying don't like not work. I'm saying work efficiently and work excellently and do work precisely, but work resourced, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Cause like, you know, when you're like burnt out you're just like, I'm working all day long. Like it's shit work. I'm slacking all day I'm long. Slack. Well, are you not getting delivering? anything done? Yeah. yeah. And yeah. so it's like, let, like, let's do excellent work 
and also go and serve your soul because the more you serve your soul. So for me, like I get so filled up playing with my friends. Right. I get so filled up being with my, with hero, you know? And I think like that, like bright eyed, bushy tailedness comes back to the business. And so then mm-hmm. when I went with my team, they feel that energy. They don't feel like a burnt out, like what's, what's going on right now. I'm like, yeah, like yeah. this is amazing. Like, you know, there's so much excitement, enthusiasm in the businesses when I'm in them. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so it's not like, a forced balance. Yeah. It actually is what works the best. It's actually the most, it's the, it's the, it's the high, it's the most productive way to build a company is by being satiated the rest of your life. Yeah. And I think people say that and, and, and you hear it, but to actually see successful entrepreneurs living it. But most people then say, I live a balanced life, but then they just stop showing up for their work. Interesting. Right? And then right. they just be like, I need to be balanced. Right. And then they just stop. And so I think it's like, no, 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 don't, you don't have to like, you just have to start again, focusing on what you do best. Right. So for me, the zone of genius, like I love creative. I'll do that all day long. It doesn't feel like work for me, Yeah. but like the operations and like all the emotional shit, like I, that's hard for me. Yeah. And so it takes a toll on my body. So like bring in the troops who are excellent at that, you know, and who I admire deeply for that. Mm-hmm. And so there's a mutual admiration so that we get to be lit up on what we're doing and then also lit up in the rest of our lives. It only begets more lit up, like, and then of course, like that energy attracts people to your business and attracts people yeah. to like wanting to like learn about it. And it's just a positive up, we call it a boom spiral, like an upward yeah. spiral. Mm-hmm. I love that so much. And also one thing it sounds like is you've had co-founders with a lot of your businesses. I, yes, I've brought in Epic yeah. co-founders. Um, I have with Boss Babe too, and I absolutely love it. Um, and I'm curious what that decision was for you and how that works for you. Because I think a lot of people... They, they mentioned to me and Danielle, oh, I feel like I could never have a co-founder. Oh, I love a co-founder, but I don't really know how to go about it. I don't know how it would work. I've learned in a very, very deep way what not to do. Tell me what and not to do. What not to do is like, oh my God, but me and my best friend. That's like the fast track to not being best friends ever again. <laughs> um, because step on each other's toes, you have differing opinions about certain things. It just does not work. Okay. The, to me, the best partners are completely different temperaments and completely different skill sets. So like, for example, my COO and CEO for Toshi, right? They're both calm people. They're both pretty stoic, just chill vibes. I'm like, and then this, what about this? You know, my CMO or my marketing, my, my VP of marketing, we're all just super like, spirited people because that's the role of creatives and marketers right right are just like oh like oh what about this but like the coo and ceo have to be steady handed yeah so different temperaments i see the feminine and masculine in that too not not in men and women but the uh, bringing different temperaments there. yes yeah. yes and so different temperaments and then skill sets if my co-founder like for example for 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 hero and, and for tushy for you know justin's a former lawyer you know, Jason is, you know, business school, Amazon executive for a decade before joining Toshi. You know, with Hero, Larry worked at McKinsey. Taro was CEO of his company. And so just like very, very strategic thinkers, mm-hmm. you know? And so like, those are the types of people I want to, I need around me as a creative, like, oh, what about this? And what about that? You know, and different temperaments, different skill sets. Right. And if, if, if we, I, I believe that like, and I've learned that now over the last 20 years as an entrepreneur that that creates the right winning partnership formula where you're in mutual awe of each other. In my restaurants, for example, my, my partner, my restaurant, Walid, he's, you know, an op- a restaurant operator. And when he showed up, our business numbers like doubled in one week, tripled in a month because he knew how to run a restaurant efficiently. But I was mm-hmm. always a person like recruit, getting people to come in the door and getting pressed to come to the restaurant and trying to get people to write about it. And like, you know, making sure the experience was amazing when, when customers did come in. And so that was like my zone of genius. And his was making sure the back of house was just running like a, a well-oiled machine. Wow. Like mm. it works. And across the board, different temperaments and different skill sets is like the way to go. This reminds me of something I heard Brandon Bouchard say, which was, it's not necessarily about fairness in co-founder relationships. It's about the alchemy yes. that you both bring. Yeah. It's like that in any relationship. Think about your relationship with your husband or your partner or your friends. There's an alchemical thing. Like mm-hmm. you said, it's not, it's not, it's not like, okay, well, this is your resume. It's, it's, it's yes, different skill sets, different things. And there has to have that special juice. For yeah. Sure. 
And so how with co-founders do you do that balance between friendship and business relationship and partnership? Because I definitely know with me and Danielle, our lives are so intertwined. Yeah. Like I, it's so intertwined. I think co-founders are different from team. Okay, I think tell co-founders me for me are like, I consider them family, friends, mm. like deep, deep, you know, soul fam in a lot of ways. So I, I spend a lot of time in friendship with my co-founders. Mm because we're on the, we're, we're, they're, I, they're not necessarily working for me. <laughs> yeah. And so because of that, there's no automatic hierarchy or power dynamic. It's, we're the same. We're equal. Whereas even if I want to be friends with, I will say I'm, I'm dear. I'm like closest with my, with my new head of business operations for hero, mm-hmm. but we, in, we actually signed an agreement that said, you know, like, here's a like NDA, not as like things that like we can be friends and do mm. friendship things outside of our, you know, business relationship. But it's Got the it. one, it's the one exception that I've made so far in my, in my, since my experience that, that, that last time that I had at my last company where there was like, a power dynamic thing and friendship thing. And I was just like, ah, you know, and I got really burned by that experience. And so as a result, I'm like, okay, like I met, I met this person, I had a business operations in a friendship situation. And so we kind of made, it was a kind of a funny thing where I was like, okay, we have two ways we can go. Either we establish a very like stoic employer employee relationship, or you can sign agreements that say like, you are totally fine with us. Ha- like with like, you know, like a non-disparagement, non, non-disclosure mm-hmm. kind of a thing outside of our business that we're both very eyes wide open coming into this business partnership. Like yeah. having a piece of paper to turn to over and over again, I think is actually very important. And That's very interesting. I'm not, yeah. I've not heard it said like that. Before. I know. Yeah. And so I w- it's new and we've never done this before either, but you know, and he was like, obviously I want to go with this because we're friends and I yeah. don't want to like not be friends anymore. And yeah. so, but yeah, that was a very kind of unorthodox thing that, that we did, but I think made me feel safe. How do you then balance having those crucial conversations in a business setting with people that are also really close friends, do you find that that clouds things or no. does it make it easier? That, that's why I think it's important to work with, to bring it. So like, for example, this particular person, he was already, he's already serious. He's a serious right. worker. Like he just doesn't like, he keeps me in check, you know, like we have to ha- cover these things. Like this is what we're doing. What about your co-founder? My co-founder, my co-founders are always deep, like finance, legal, mm. like, so like, again, we're in mutual awe of each other. And so it's this like level of deep respect. And I think you can't start any partnership without like the depth of respect. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love that so much. Yeah. What I found having a co-founder with boss babe too, is it's almost, it's for me, we like another marriage and it's a sacred relationship that you get to treat that way and you have to water it. And the, the relationship that you have as co-founders, I think really will determine the success of the business because it all trickles down. Like you were saying, the way the strength of that relationship will trickle down. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. And do you, do you feel like you and your partner co-founder have different skill sets and different temperaments? Yeah. So we weren't friends. We became friends after after we co-founded, which I think was the right, complete opposite. And then I'm sure different, is she also personality different as well? Yeah. I mean, we have, we do, we're Virgo Capricorn, I'm Capricorn, she's Virgo. So we do have a lot of similarities. But we communicate slightly similarly, but we feel in different ways. Cool. So there's definitely been some differences, some similarities, but our skill sets have been completely Amazing. different. Which I'm sure has been so huge. It yeah. has. It's been really great because then the lines aren't blurred. Who's right. doing what? Exactly. That's been really interesting and taught me a lot about um, co-founding. Just mm. let's not have blurred lines. I know what she's doing because it's inherent to what she's good at. Yeah. I know what I'm doing because it's inherent to what I'm good at. And when the lines get blurred or you have expectations of someone that they're not able to meet, I think that's where it gets tough. For sure. Whereas when you know who you're getting into business with, I think that's really important. And I, I also think it's super important to have everything written down. So that so that because you've now established In what a friendship. Way? So like these are your roles and responsibilities. These are my roles mm-hmm. and responsibilities written down, very clear. I sign off on it. You sign off on it. Mm-hmm. So that in the event that we have a run in, you can always point a piece of paper. Yeah. You're like, look, will you sign this? This is your responsibility and your role. I don't want to like create anything that's untrue, but this is what, this is why the people, because we're like, you know, it's like that yeah. shit works yeah, like, yeah, you know, sometimes, yeah, yeah. but like after a while, when you've built something really powerful that you, like you have, yeah. you've, there's gotta be some piece of paper to point to. And so now like, I, I create contracts for every single thing, mm. everything and every partnership and everything that we do. And what kind of thing would you put in a contract? Like I, 
I know the standard operating agreements, but one thing, and, and I think a lot of entrepreneurs make this mistake because I'd had a partnership before my, my business with Boss Babe and I didn't really do an agreement because I didn't know much about it. Yeah. I was like, oh, we don't need to pay the lawyers for that. That's an expense. <laughs> Obviously, I learned that the hard way. Totally. <laughs> pay lawyers. That's worth yeah. it. Um, do you go with a typical operating agreement? Do you both sit down and discuss different things and put that in? I love how tactical we're getting here. Yeah, no, so it's great. Good. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think roles and responsibilities are just generally clear. It's like, okay, your job is to like make sure you find the best talent to, mm-hmm. to work with or to do partnerships with or whatever it is that you're doing. And her job is to like run operations and make sure the business mm-hmm. is running smoothly and all the bills are paid or whatever it might be. Right. And yeah. so it's just like, it's, it's as simple as like in the appendix, yeah. like usually standard operating agreement is like pretty standard, but then the appendix just states like, this is my job. This is your job. And we both agree to that. Mm-hmm. And we're both like stoked on that. Yeah. And so I think like, most oftentimes, like I said, when it's done between friends, they don't do the piece of paper piece, yep. which then later bites them in the ass. Yeah. And so just having everything written down, it feels like formal, but that's like, that's Formal's be- good. Formal's sometimes. good when yeah. it comes to just creating like a simple, like actually when you create that, that boundary and like, this is my job, this is your job. It actually creates so much more freedom so yeah. and actually more like, okay, like I know my role, you know, your role. Now we can go play yeah. because we know what each other's roles are. But before that you're like, what am I doing? What are you doing? Like, I don't, you know, and then you actually feel ungrounded versus yeah. like, we actually signed something concrete. I feel really good about it. Let's go. Yeah. You know? So I think it actually creates more freedom and less like constraints. To be honest. I agree. I think we've probably just saved a lot of people listening to this, a future headache. So you're welcome. Mm-hmm. But I agree. I think what's been really helpful for us is having completely different roles and responsibilities. And when you talk about doing something with excellence, yeah, it's a lot easier to do something with excellence when you know what you're doing. Right. And if, if the, if, exactly. if your role's not clear and you don't know what you're bringing to the table, it's very hard to do your job for well. For sure. For sure. I've really noticed that. And then I, I, my role definitely has evolved and changed. But when I'm clear on what I'm doing, I'm like, oh, I can do this. I yes. know that when it's blurred, it's harder. And I will also say like, you know, when you're starting a, a new company, especially in this realm of like frontier science, mm-hmm. you know, that there's no precedent for it. There is a lot of trust mm-hmm. that it's like, okay, like, I can, I can work with not exactly knowing my roles and responsibility. Like, 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 okay, I'm running business operations. I'm running, like, for example, all of the different work streams. I don't know what the work streams are yet. I just know that I'm going to be handling the processes of like, once we figured out what they are to do yeah. that part of the job. Yeah. So there's also, there's like, it's like not having the blurred lines, knowing concrete, but then also in the startup world, having a little bit of flexibility yeah. around like getting to figure out what those exact things are they'll develop what is and needed of you and needed and, and that could change also over time and so mm-hmm. it it's it's an, in the beginning it's okay right now this is what we need yeah. it's like it's like almost like a balance sheet like this is where my like you know it's like this is what i need right now but then but then it could change like the needs of the business changes and like and then we sit back down like okay every quarter we'll sit back down and kind of right. reorganize our roles responsibilities like that's also possible or in a year we'll do that because the business will be at this point of the business, yeah. you know, but this first year we're all science. Like, let's just go deep in the science and we know that's our roles and responsibilities. But then in a year yep. it's marketing or it's partnerships or it's PR or it's finding retail partners or it's, you know, like all the different pieces of, of, of the next part of the business growth. Yep. Yeah. That's yeah. That's exactly how my journeys evolved. The businesses gets into different stages and you're like, oh, that's not needed from me anymore. Okay. Right. What's the next thing I'm taking on? And what am I stepping into? What is my growth edge? Right. And it's such, I mean, I think ha- being an entrepreneur is the biggest growth. Totally. Too. You're like, okay. I'm just <laughs> you're, like, yeah. So you're always six. being pushed. Yeah. yeah. I, I very much feel that. What I'm also really curious about is the support that you have around you. Yeah. So for me, I feel like I definitely couldn't, especially since I've become a mom, it's even more important for me to have support around me so that I'm not doing all the things. So I'm curious what kind of support you have around you, whether you have an assistant, what they might support you with, like who, what is your team that makes you able to like stay in your genius zone? Yeah. Um, I, I do have an assistant, um, and, um, Queenie, she's my queen. Um, she, I love her name. Yeah. Yeah. Queenie. Yeah. yeah. She, um, she just, she just handles my scheduling, my kind of travel, my emails. Um, she also actually, this is 
my biggest challenge for me as a creative where I get very present with what I'm doing is I just forget about time. Mm-hmm. And so even, you know, I sometimes forget to set my alarms for like meetings or things like that. So she, she calls me like two minutes before every one of my calls Stop. and at the time of every one of my calls. Cause in those two this minutes, gold. something happens yeah. in those two minutes where I'm like, shit, like I just got present again, what I'm doing. And I just, you know, usually in the two minutes, two minute notice, like I can wrap up what I'm doing and then get on the call. But then two in those two minutes, I might keep get rewrapped up. And then she calls, I'm like, okay, I gotta go, you know? And so she calls me two minutes for every call at the time of every call. And I've looked, and that's like, I think every person has their own systems, yeah. right? Like anything else. Like I have my nanny from my home who handles like the bathing and the food creation and like the, some of the cleaning and whatever. And, 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 and I get to do the playing and the deep mm-hmm. creative stuff with the kid and really like teach him soccer and teach him inventive. Like how do we, we make three inventions a day and we like work on like wow. all these different things. And he's always just, and he makes songs every day. We make up songs and dances every day. We just made up six games that we're going to go and practice this weekend. And and we're going to test out the games and just make sure that they're oh, good that. before we bring in his friends to do an actual, like, you know, real competition, yeah. like, you know? Yeah. And, um, it's just having, you know, like for me, it's the clerical stuff that mm-hmm. I'm really bad at. Yeah. Like I'm, I, I, you know, um, I call it logisticking. Like I'm really bad at like at being a logistician, <laughs> like, you know, I'm just not a logistician. And so I'm just like, you know, and so that's my biggest point of stress in my mm-hmm. life is like being late for calls, being yep. late for meetings, ha- keep keeping people waiting. And they just think I'm like being rude, but it's mm. not like I, I don't want to yeah. like, but I just have so much going on <laughs> yeah. and I'm also so present with what I'm doing that I just like, you know, and so, and then, so then what do I do? I set up systems. Yeah. And so I think like having an assistant and you can find an assistant literally like in Philippines for like $5 an hour, yep. literally that can do this job and they, they'll gladly do this job. Their only job is to, they, they just want to make you happy. So like yep. people are like, well, I can't really afford it. You can find There's ways. always a way to make it work. There's always ways yeah. to make it work. And it doesn't have to be full time. It can be part time. Um, that just handles some of the stuff that you can just focus on what you do best. And if you focus on what you do best, the ROI really that paying for that's themselves. it. That's it. And, and, and well over paying for themselves. It actually oh, yeah. multiplies like yeah. what you paid your system to take care of, like some of the stuff. And it could be yeah. not that much. Like it actually supports like three times more of like what you could be oh, earning yeah. as a result. And so, so I, you know, having an assistant, having a nanny for my, for our life. And then of course, like building the, the teams, like yeah. my creative leadership, my, you know, our marketing leadership, our executive leadership, like, and that takes time, you know, like, yeah. uh, but I think the more energy that we, we gain back, the more we focus on our zone of genius, the better the business does. Like yeah, you're like, I Oh, I'm spending agree. this much money on a CEO. I was spending this much money on this. But that means I can spend more time on my zone of genius, which then take us double what he, what we're paying him. You know what I mean? So, yeah. just like you said, it's an exponential return. Yeah, that's yeah. the way I try and think of all the support systems that I have in my life as investments. I just recently hired a new coach, and the investment probably to the an outsider looking in is like that is insane. But to me, I just see the ROI. I'm not seeing it going out. Like, oh, what I can achieve because of that 60 minute session a week is so far beyond what I would have ever achieved. Totally. And also some people, for example, they're like, oh, wow, you do like a lot of body work every mm-hmm. week. Like, oh, that must be expensive. And I'm like, it's oper- it's 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 like, oh, wow, you have a ton of purses. I don't have a single purse. Right. I don't own a purse, actually. Yeah. I don't buy stuff like, like constantly, like all the time. Like yeah. I spend money on self-care. Yeah. Like, and that's my priority in like healthy food, yeah. you know, and taking care of certain things. And like, some people prioritize like going out and going to fancy dinners and this and that. Like yeah. I prioritize like getting like yummy, like healthy organic food delivered to my house. And then I make, you know, it's very yeah. clean and, and I'm, I don't like the, the, it's like I, I choose where I put my dollars and, and I think that that is what creates like the efficiency of, of excellence too. Yeah. You know, of like getting shit done. Ramis Sethi talks about that. He talks about creating your rich life and your rich life is you invest in the things that really make you happy. And it's different for everyone. For some people it's travel, it's eating out. For me, it's team, um, support, self-care. And then you don't spend on the things that don't matter to you. Well, right. if you don't like bags, why are you buying that thing? Is it just to show off and then you're yeah, bored of it? Totally. And once I adopted that mindset, I started doubling down on the things that really matter to me. Like when I have a travel day, I want to travel in the nicest way possible yes. so that it makes me feel good. Yes. And I'll spend less on going out eating. Yeah. That doesn't really matter to me. Yeah, I like yeah. to eat healthy food. Yes. Or 
And, and so I, I think about it in that way and it makes such a big difference. And when I think about self-care and, you know, all the things I do for my health or coaching, it might look crazy, but I'm like, oh, I know exactly what I'm getting from this. And this is so worth it to me. 100%. I love prioritizing that. Yes. Yes. And again, like take the guilt out. I yeah. Think women in business right now, I mean, all these boss babes listening and watching and whatever, it's like the idea that like, like, oh, I need to lean in. Right. Mm-hmm. And there's still this like philosophy of like, I need to push past my, myself. And I think like if we eliminate that and still have an excellence mindset, mm-hmm. because it's like, again, like we, I keep saying this over and over again, like, and I've experienced as a leader over and over again, where I've had to sit people down and be like, I get it. You want a balanced lifestyle, but you're just using it as an excuse to not actually do excellent work. Right. And I don't like that either. It's like, you can do both. So like, that's what you can do mm. is like, you know, when you say women can do it all, you can do it all by taking care of yourself and doing excellent work and don't phone it in Yeah, you know, and call it self-care like that. I hate that. That's like greenwashing to me. Like, it's kind of like what they, there's this like storybook of, of this, this story that I read about this, like cleaning lady who cleans like, you know, like Picasso paints, mm. you know? And it's like, mm-hmm. she takes such pride in cleaning homes and it's like to keep it pristine and she just treats it like literally Picasso painting, mm. you know? And I'm like, mm-hmm. every job can be treated and worked on with that level of excellence yep. if you so choose. Yep. And I just like those who half-ass or phone it in, yep. I don't have any, I don't any respect for that. And I think that's sometimes part of the challenge. And when I have to sit people down and say like, today's your last day, Yeah. you know, like, and I've had to do that in the past. And their own guilt of their own, like knowing of their like not, or they're like bad for culture or not doing excellent work. They then turn it on me. Yeah. Like you're the worst boss. You did this to me. You, you, you versus being like, yeah, like I, cause they know it. They just knew they yeah. know it. Yeah. And oftentimes we project out versus looking in. Yeah. And I, I, you know, I'm also guilty of like defensive knee jerk reactions. And then I always check myself and be like, Oh, Hey, that was my own projection. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. Like we can all fuck up and make mistakes and say the wrong things. As long as you come back and say, Hey, I, I reflected, I'm sorry. That was, that was my own projection. I, you know? Yeah. So there's, but I, 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 I do, I really do believe like that if people are focused on doing excellent work, they'll feel so much pride in that. Mm. And then they won't feel the guilt of asking for time off. Totally. You know what I mean? And there's something, so I love witnessing people do excellent work. Yes. Cause they feel like, ah. Oh, yes. That, yeah. The person that comes to mind is my FedEx delivery guy. Mm. He yes. is freaking phenomenal. He shows up every single, I, I get a lot of packages every day so happy and I love going to the door like he rings the doorbell he walks away I try and race to the door because I want to see him I'm like thanks I get fed with the energy I get so fed with the energy he's like have a nice day good to see you how's the baby and he's hopping in and he just takes a couple seconds but he's driving with the biggest smile on his face there'll be someone else doing that exact same job that might be in a completely different mindset and they are not enjoying that job at all and it comes out and it shows and they don't feel good probably people that are delivering to doesn't feel good, that manager doesn't feel good. Everyone that comes into contact with this guy feels so good. Yes. And I have people like that on my team too, where they care so deeply. Yeah. And I just love witnessing that because it, if we take that energy into our work, it's a way that you can turn around a shitty day and make an amazing day. Yes. Yes. So I and love that. It's, it's everything's an energy exchange mm-hmm. and, you know, doing excellent work is an exchange of like, ugh, like I did that. Mm-hmm. And then that projects outwards onto other people as well. Yeah. And then it's just, again, this upward spiral of like positive, like self-respecting energy. Yeah. I love that. And it's not like I'm, oh, do this and you'll get a promotion. Do this for this. Like I'm doing this. I want to do this and I want to do the absolute I feel so lucky with my Tushy team and my, and my hero team right now. They're both, they like everybody cares Mm -hmm. so much. Like nobody's phoning in. Like everybody cares so, so, so much. And it's like when you do weed out the certain people who kind of like, talk shit or brings energy down or just says negative things all the time. And just like always poo pooing the job and just, you know what I mean? Like yep. sometimes people feel like an affinity with other people by talking shit about their work. Yeah. Like, Oh, I hate my job. Me too. Like, yeah. Versus like, Oh, like I was so inspired by what I'm doing. Like, I feel like we've weeded out all of like the shit talkers. Yeah. I remember reading somewhere 
the number one reason that you'll lose A players is surrounding them with B players. Yeah. And that always stuck yes. with me. And yes. one thing I've noticed at Boss Babe is if we hire someone that isn't isn't that A player, isn't doing their job with excellence, doesn't have the energy, our team's very quick to call it out. Yeah. Hey, I'm all for teamwork, but I'm not for doing someone else's job 100%. and them taking the credit. Or And the fact that they call it out, I'm like, yes. Like, yes. this is exactly what we want. I want you to be surrounded by people that give you energy. And I think that's the sign of a really great team. 100%. 100%. Oh, I love this. I could talk to you all day, but I know I can't keep you forever. But thank you so much for doing this and for everything you do in the world. I can't, you need to come back when you launch these diapers. Do you oh have any God. TA? Is it... Do we know when this is going to launch? 2024. Okay. Yeah, 2024. Okay. I will say in the meantime, though, if you really care about like disrupting the way you think about things, mm-hmm. I did write the book Disrupt Her okay. as well. So it'd be something Amazing. that'd be great. I think your your, your listeners would, would be into. So yeah. I don't know if you've checked it out yet. But. Um, yes, I have. Yes. Disrupt Her. And where can everyone find you on socials? Just at Mickey Agrawal. I love yeah. it. Yeah. I'm so excited. I think by the time I have my next baby, I'll be using your diapers. Yes. Thank you, Mickey. This is yes, great. you awesome. I'm excited to be in Austin. We'll hang out. I know. Yeah. yeah, I would love that. Thank you so much for listening. And if you enjoyed this episode on the Boss Bay Podcast, then I'd absolutely love it if you leave us a review. As a thank you, we'll send you our side hustle success kit. Your simple no BS guide to keeping track of everything that you need to do to start and grow your business. To access this freebie, all you need to do is leave us a review, then share a screenshot of your review with contact at bossbabe.com and we'll send this must-have kit straight to your inbox.